On today's episode, we're going to talk about finding the right diet that maximizes your entrepreneur brain energy, optimizing your fitness as a busy entrepreneur, and creating an imaginary board of directors. Let's go! This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have PJ Glassy. He's the founder of X-Gyms, which is one of Seattle's premier one-on-one personal training facility facilities specializing in high-intensity workouts requiring only 21 minutes twice a week to achieve optimum fitness. Their use of advanced, safe, and exclusive exercise techniques combined with the most effective equipment available and the best nutrition guidance produce unsurpassed results. PJ, how is your day going? Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, good morning. Day's going good so far. So I can't wait to learn more about nutrition and your mind and your body and your soul. But before we get into all that fun stuff, we have to start off the podcast with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order in order to make your day complete? Oh, wow. So I think I'm going to have dinner. Gosh, you know, I can think of a couple good restaurants. Um, the Columbia Tower Club downtown Seattle has organic food, and they do a great job. Um, Tyler, the chef there, is pretty amazing. But, you know, my favorite place to eat is at home. I hate to say it, but um, restaurants are all fine and dandy. But the, the, th- the most frustrating thing to me is to go to a really good restaurant and to pay a bunch of money and think, okay, that was fun, and now I don't have to do dishes, and I didn't have to cook the food, which was great, but I could have had as good or better food at home for way less money, because you think about the same dinner at a fancy restaurant, I can make that at home, I can make it taste as good or better, and it's cost me probably a tenth of what I paid at the restaurant. So what I'm really paying for is somebody else to wash my dishes and somebody else to cook my food, For it, but it doesn't taste as good and it, it's more expensive. So it, it's almost frustrating for me to go out to eat now because um, myself and Beverly, we're, we just love our own food. And it's, you know, there's something to be said for, for preparing it yourself too little sense of accomplishment there and and we have um, the dishes that we have are uh, silicone based and so it's super easy to wash up even if we have a lot of cheese and stuff because we're both keto I guess you could call um, the type the style of eating that we that we do and um, so you know it's cleanups easy we've we've got our system down it's it's easy it's quick it's delicious I'm I'm growing tomatoes right now out of my deck and basil, and so lately we've been having caprese salads, um, and it's gosh. It's, so I guess the perfect day, honest answer, would be eating at home, <laughs> making our own organic stuff. No, that's a good that's a good answer, and I'm curious. Um, 
you mentioned that you're you have a particular diet. Yeah. What type of diet is that? And can you can you explain that in more detail? Yeah, it's the ketogenic diet, and we don't particularly push or endorse any diet, and I don't particularly um, push or endorse any particular diet with my extra members either. But my commitment is just to find the right diet for the right person because everybody's different. Everybody has a different physiology. Everybody has different tastes and preferences. And so keto is great for me because for health reasons and for time reasons. But paleo might be better for somebody else and primal might be better for somebody else. Blood type diet might be great for somebody else. So I just try to help people find which is their ideal diet. Uh, but for me and Bev, keto is great because it's so darn convenient because we never get hungry. Yesterday was a perfect example. I was riding my bike everywhere instead of driving the car and I ended up probably riding 50 or 60 miles just between the different errands and places going. And I also stopped off during the day to do stairs because I'm a tower runner. So I stopped off at a building and, you know, 50 something floors and did it a couple times. And, but what I forgot to do was bring enough food for the day. because so I was in a rush leaving. So I brought some of my fitness chocolate that I make at home. Um, so that's all I had to eat all day. And I intended on having dinner with a friend because one of my trainers is moving down to California. So we were having a, you know, farewell dinner, but, um, I ended up not ordering there because I wasn't confident in the food they were serving. And so the, the cool thing about keto is you just don't get hungry. And if you do get hungry on a scale of one to 10, you max out at around a seven. And then based on ghrelin levels, which is the hormone that makes you feel hungry, um, it doesn't always stay at a seven. So seven's hungry. It's not urgent and it's certainly not hangry. That would be like eight or nine, but you hit that seven and then, you know, the natural cycle of ghrelin goes back down. Then you're to six or five and then maybe later you hit a seven again and then six or five and it's totally tolerable and it's doable. And so throughout the entire day, you can go a whole day without eating a meal and you're fine. And so just for busy people like me and Bev, it's, it's ideal. It's the best diet ever. Well, number so we that. I'm sorry, but, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you mind spelling no. it? Because I never, I, I've actually never heard of this before. So I'd love to just be educated. I'm sure the audience may not have heard of it either. So, like, can you tell me, like, give the definition? Like, what is yeah. it? How do you live it? How can we live it? Understanding that all diets are different and you need to find your own. But we might yeah. be able to listen to you about what you do and we might be able to apply at least something for ourselves. Sure. Ketogenic diet is the full term. And K-E-T-O-G-E-N-I-C is how it's spelled. And basically, it's, it's super high fat and super low carb. So it's the opposite of the standard American diet, S-A-D, SAD diet. And uh, so being – and so it, it, it's almost counterintuitive because we've been told for years, oh, stay away from fat, fat is fattening and saturated fat is bad and cholesterol is bad and it turns all those things on its head upside down and it's basically the Eskimo diet. So it's tons of fat and some, some animal protein and 
very little carbs. I eat tons of vegetables, so it's I'm, I'm not the Eskimo type of, of eating, but the Eskimos invented it is why I mentioned them. And um, they are, are arguably the most the, the healthiest population in the history of the planet because they never ever dealt well now they do they, they deal with disease because they, they eat the standard American diet. But before we gave them processed food and junk food, they were eating whale blubber and seal blubber and meat and organs and very little even plants. But they had no idea what cancer was. They had no idea of diabetes, heart disease, none of that stuff. They lived to a very old age, super healthy. Uh, they were lean, um, active, all that stuff. And so uh, where was I? So the, the, the ketogenic diet is basically the standard American diet in reverse. And it's, it's very convenient, like I mentioned, because you have very level energy and very level blood sugar. And they're very related. <clears throat> so with, when blood sugar dips, you get really hungry and hangry. And when it spikes, it causes another dip and insulin goes up and down. And when your insulin is elevated, then you're storing fat. And so it's the sugar and the carbs that raise the blood sugar and the insulin that cause that fat storage. It's not eating fat that causes fat storage. When you eat fat by itself, you can't store it because you have to have insulin elevated in order to store that fat. And since the ketogenic diet is super low carb, low sugar, all that, you're never getting those high insulin levels. And so you're never getting into that fat storage point. So it's great for getting leaner, even though it sounds counterintuitive because it's such high fat, but it's also really good for the gut flora. And the way that, that I differ from the typical standard ancient Eskimo is I eat a lot more vegetables than they did because they just couldn't grow them. I mean, were, the ground was covered with snow, so they had to get their vitamins and, and minerals from eating organs of animals, which are just packed with vitamins and minerals, um, which is a great way to get them. But uh, I love vegetables. So I don't eat a whole lot of meat, but I eat a ton of fat and a ton of vegetables, especially the, the greener, the better. And so salads all the time. And like I told you, I'm growing tomatoes on the deck and basil for crazy salads and that kind of thing. So what is, um, I guess, what would, would you say is high fat? Like, I guess, go through a, a day with you and, and your diet. You know, you, I, we talked a little bit off air saying that you, you wake up around 5 o'clock. Um, what is, like, a typical day like for you uh, as not only an entrepreneur, a business owner, um, but also uh, a man who, who likes to work out and eat healthy? What is that, yeah. that day-to-day process like? What are you eating? What are you putting into your body? And then I have a follow-up question after that. Okay. So a typical day for, for diet would be, uh, I wake up, I've never been hungry in the morning. I've never been a big breakfast person. And breakfast, by the way, is not the most important meal of the day. The most important meal of the day is when your body tells you to eat, it's when you're the most hungry. So everyone's different. Uh, I've never been a breakfast guy, never been real hungry in the morning. Other people are breakfast people and they should have breakfast in the morning if they're real hungry because uh, that's what their physiology is calling for. So. I just eat when I'm hungry and being keto, I have to remind myself sometimes to eat because I get real busy and I'll forget. 
And so uh, food is good. That's where we get our nutrients. So I have to remind myself sometimes. But because I'm not very hungry in the morning, I also do a technique, um, intentional and not intentional, but it's just kind of the way it works out. It's called intermittent fasting, where I just won't eat breakfast. And the first meal typically happens around noonish is when I start eating food. Up until then, I'm drinking water, sometimes flavored with um, stevia and maybe orange oil. Um, or I will do uh, a smoothie, I guess you could say. It's really simple. It's just putting a, just a ton of greens, leafy greens in a blender with some water and some stevia and mixing it all up and, and taking that with me in a jug with ice. I can sip on that and get some nutrients that way too. And all the fiber because it's blender instead of juicer. You know, juicers are great too, but blenders give you the fiber. And then around noon, I'll have my first meal and or some fitness chocolate. Um, if you go to xgym.com and click the word recipes at the top of the page, that'll bring you to our recipe site. And fitness chocolate is on there, so people can make it at home. It's a it's a recipe I invented some years ago, and it's a great snack. It's really healthy. It's good for you. It's got a lot of good nutrients in it. And then, uh, so maybe lunch, I'll have some of that, and I'll have a salad. Usually, I'm craving greens by then. And then dinner is typically, and then between lunch and dinner, I'm snacking on other stuff, fitness chocolate, maybe cassava chips, which is a resistant starch, uh, so guacamole with it. Um, and then with the salad, I have the dressing that Beverly made, um, and that's also on the website. And that's amazing, high-fat uh, avocado oil, coconut oil, MCT oil. And then for dinner, we'll typically have um, like veggies au gratin on the website. Also, um, we'll have keto pizza, which we make. Um, really high fat, high cheese is where the fat comes from. We get our cheese organic, grass-fed cows if possible. And so the so it doesn't sound like much food, but it's a lot of calories and a ton of fat. So I'm eating probably three, 4,000 calories a day, and Bev's eating a couple thousand calories a day, which sounds like a lot to people. But again, when you're not spiking the insulin, you're not storing that fat, you're using it for energy. And the liver is converting it to ketones. Ketones are, that's why it's called the ketogenic diet, because there's so many ketones floating around, and ketones are an awesome source of energy. There's, when people, talk about macronutrients, they usually talk about carbs, which is four calories per gram of energy, uh, protein, which is four calories per gram of energy, and fat, which is nine calories per gram of energy. But there's a couple others out there. There's alcohol, which is seven calories per gram of energy, and then there's ketones, which is five calories per gram. So when the body ends up learning how to burn ketones, it says, oh my gosh, this is a really clean fuel source. It's kind of like natural gas. So there's no dirty byproducts like there is with sugar. And so it's better for the cells and better for the body so it doesn't kick off that dirty exhaust. And so because it's such a clean fuel source, the body, once it learns how to burn it, 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 want, it prefers to burn it in the brain, in the muscles, and everything else. And so they got this endless level energy, no ups and downs anymore because you're burning fat and ketones instead of sugar up and down with, with the blood sugar levels. That's interesting. Um, when did you, so my follow-up question was, when did you start this whole 
ideology of, of eating the way that you are, was there a breaking point when you were like, you know what, I need to just, I need to change things. And as an entrepreneur, do you feel, and can you think more clearly with this style of, of eating and diet versus the typical American S what is it? SAD sad, the sad diet. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I'll, I'll answer the last part first because the mental clarity is amazing. People don't realize that are, who are on the standard American diet, they're walking around in the brain fog. They're operating at maybe 70% their potential and they just don't know it because they're eating sugar. They're eating that dirty fuel and it's, it's clogging up their brain and they can't think as straight as they could, but they don't have anything to compare it to. So they're trapped and they don't know that they're in that brain fog until they get out of it by eating clean. You don't have to go keto to get out of that brain fog. You can go paleo, you can go primal, you can go anything, any healthy eating, really. And by healthy eating, I mean vegetables first and hydration. So those are the top priorities. Making sure you're drinking enough filtered water and you're eating enough vegetables. Those are the top two, top two for sure. Far and away, more important than anything else. Then number three is getting enough fat, enough healthy fat, good fat. Stay away from the man-made stuff, go with the natural stuff, organic stuff, and then get your protein. And in that order, and it's really that simple. And when people eat that way, whether they choose the blood type diet, the, the, the paleo, the primal, the keto, whatever, as long as it's healthy, organic, real food instead of processed food and packaged food, they get rid of the brain fog. And they're like, wow, my life is so different now. I'm so much more productive. I can focus. ADD is gone. All these things are gone. And they can just they can pound away on stuff. So you mentioned that your focus is maximum levels at this point because you've probably been doing it for a while. When did you notice that – when did you decide – to, to change this, did you hit a particular period in your life where yeah. you weren't thinking as clear? Um, can you take me back to that moment when that aha moment where you're just like, I need to do, I need to change? Yes. Well, I grew up a sugar addict. I've got a sweet tooth. I also have, you know, people are either sweet and savory tooth or sugar tooth, and I'm both. Yeah. So, uh, so, but, you know, I love sugar, and so I grew up eating that, I would come home from school and, and have an entire bag of Doritos while I watched TV. And, um, you know, a lot of processed food, convenience food. And so uh, as I started getting more into the fitness industry, as I was getting my degree in exercise science at SPU, I was studying nutrition too because nutrition was uh, part of the, one of the requirements. So we had to take a lot of nutrition classes and started studying this stuff and realizing how outdated everything is. And all the information that I was learning on fitness and nutrition was, was very outdated by decades in some cases. So I just started doing my own research and really fell in love with that, just studying the research, the latest studies that have come out on nutrition, health, exercise, brain science, all that stuff. 
And I just couldn't stop. I just started devouring it because of all the new information that I was stumbling across. And so I just started trying things and slowly getting rid of sugar and replacing it with clean, healthy, organic, real food. And over the years, it probably took me 15 years to get to where I am now, where I'm actually craving broccoli at an intensity way beyond what I ever craved that corner piece of cake because it had the most frosting. And if I was extra lucky if I got the flour on top. But you know, that's how bad I was for sugar. And so that's, that's a kind of transformation. Now, when I help other people through it, it doesn't take 15 years. It, it takes weeks or months because we try out these different diets and see what works. And I mentioned the blood type diet earlier. I just mentioned that um, just because it's a good example of lots of different diets in one. And there's, I've seen, I haven't seen any valid research that shows the blood type diet actually works as a blood type. But I like it because no matter what blood type you choose on that diet, it's going to be a healthy, healthier than the standard American diet. So what I tell people is go buy the book, pick one, even if you don't know your blood type, pick one and start doing it. And then do that for a while and then switch to another blood type and start doing that. And because they're all going to be great options. Um, and some people like to go vegan. I totally support that. I think that's the hardest way to go because there's, there's the most things that you have to watch and it's the most sensitive and you have to supplement, you know, some with some nutrients. Um, but I think it's great as long as that person is going with organic sources. Um, I, the Eskimo diet, the keto diet would be opposite of vegan. Um, I think that's great too. And, but you know, it, you got to do that right as well. So you got to research all these things properly and stay away from the fads and you know, the stuff like the grapefruit diet or, you know, those extremes where, you know, you're, there's lots of supplements and things you have to buy. Um, but I think I'm getting off on tangents here. No, no, no. I think you're, you're answering them very well. I mean, okay, good. I, I've heard, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued and, uh, if I'm intrigued, I know somebody else will be intrigued as well. There's yeah. a, a point where, uh, nutrition is so critical to yeah. your health and wellness, but there's also the fitness side and yeah. the fact that you're able to, to do 21 minutes of high intensity workouts is number one, great for the lifestyle of an entrepreneur who may not have the time in order to put in a full hour or an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is that you know, most people go to the gym. I yeah. myself average around an hour, five days a week, but for 21 minutes, high intensity, talk through that process with us. What can we do? Do we need a gym in order to do it? And can we do it at home or our office? Totally do it at home. Uh, most of the stuff that we do at the gym is body weight or suspension training. Uh, at, at the Kirkland gym, we don't even have machines in there. We got things hanging from the ceiling. We've got carpet sliders that we use in the carpet. We've got um, bungees, you know, the elastic tubing attached to the walls, and you know, gadgets and gizmos that anybody could do at home. And so the, 20, the whole 21 minute thing started because. I was doing traditional training back in high school and college. And 
I was putting in a couple hours a day. And I was going, well, thinking to myself at the time, well, this is sustainable now while I'm in college. But when I get out into the real world and get a job and, and have, start having a family and stuff like that, I'm just not going to have time for this. So I set out to develop a new system that took less time. And so when I graduated, uh, I started personal training, mostly out of clients' homes and gyms in the area. And so I used them as guinea pigs and using the research to come up with ideas to try experiments with my guinea pigs. Over the years, I developed this system that just took way less time. It's 21 minutes twice a week, 42 minutes a week total, and that's equivalent to about seven hours of traditional training. So you're getting strength, endurance, and cardio all in the same workout. It's super intense, but it's really safe, too. It's kind of like the opposite of uh, high-intensity traditional training. So if you picture CrossFit, where you're at a CrossFit, that's traditional training. And you do heavy weights, Olympic lifts, fast ballistic reps with lots of weight, that kind of stuff, setting PRs kipping pull-ups, you know, the, the ballistic stuff. So this is more like Tai Chi with light weights or body weight. So it's very controlled movements where you can't do heavy weights, and it's a long time under tension. So instead of doing a traditional set that takes 10 seconds and then you rest between, and then you do another set of something else or maybe the same thing again for 10 seconds and rest in between, this is three minutes of time under tension, constant tension, Little to no rest, just enough time to get to the next exercise and set yourself up, which may be 10 seconds. And then you're into the next exercise. And that takes three minutes. So if you can imagine time under tension for three minutes, it can't be a heavy weight. It has to be a light weight because you just can't do something. You can't hold something up heavy for three minutes. And so because it's long time under tension, you're getting endurance. And then at the end, because we reach total muscle fatigue, it's strength training. But because it's taken so long to get there, by the time we do get there, total muscle fatigue, muscle failure, by that point we're too weak to hurt ourselves. So that's what makes it so safe. And so the main thing was to develop a system that takes way less time. So that's what it does, 21 minutes for a full body workout. But I also wanted to develop a system where you didn't get injured because when I was working out with traditional training two hours a day, I was getting hurt. So were my friends and it was just part of the culture of traditional training. It's just what happens. You can't, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. And then when it does, Oh, I can't do certain exercises for a while. Um, and that's just, becomes with the territory. But I didn't think, you know, why does it have to be that way? So I came up with this, um, to solve that problem too. And then the third problem I wanted to solve was traditional training is great at bulking people up. But most people don't want that anymore. Bodybuilding was cool back in the 70s and 80s. And then it started falling out of favor in the 90s when people started getting too big. And, and nowadays, the bodybuilders look like cartoon figures. I mean, they don't even look real. And nobody wants that. And there's a small core of the bodybuilding community where they think it's great. Um, and, you know, good for them. Uh, but most people, by and large, over 90% of the men surveyed nowadays don't want to be a bodybuilder. They want to get defined. They want to look fit and feel fit. They want to look like the cover of men's fitness, not the cover of flex. And so, and women, they've never wanted to bulk up. You know, very, very tiny point something percent of women that, that like 
looking like a bodybuilder. But by and large, most of them, the vast majority, don't. They don't want to get bigger. They want to get smaller, if anything. And so I wanted to solve that problem, too. So I came up. This system also uh, prevents muscle bulking. It does great toning and defining, but it makes the muscle denser instead of bigger. And so definition improves, but mass doesn't. And you're able to accomplish all of this in 21 minutes, in you know, 20, 42 minutes a, a week, which is pretty ast uh, astonishing. Yeah. Um, I have a question about entrepreneurship and your growth and how you're able to grow the gyms. How many gyms do you currently have now? So two gyms, and uh, we have moved and expanded both of them over the years. And the growth is in the future may be more in the direction of affiliates. So one of the brilliant things that happened with the whole CrossFit movement was um, Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, invented the concept of affiliate. So it's not a franchise, it's not a license, but it's, it's an affiliate is what he calls it. And uh, so he just, Basically, it makes it really easy entry point for people, and and then they get to use the name, and there's a central website, workout of the day, and so they use that, or maybe not, um, but then it's still CrossFit, and they're doing the CrossFit stuff, and so they're staying within that CrossFit culture, which is a very strong community of you know, 20, 30-somethings, mostly, and um, they just love you know the energy of the group workout, and... They do want to get bigger and uh, they want to get stronger and set PRs and all that kind of stuff. And so his affiliate model has created rapid growth and that's why there's over 12,000 CrossFits now. And so maybe moving more in that direction because while I love having the two gyms that I have, um, I wish I had one <laughs> because it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. And being the, the extreme introvert that I am, I'm not the best people manager, and it's not my favorite thing to do. So back in the day, when I was doing my own personal training, I, my, my business grew to the point where I had to scale myself because my schedule was full. And so I thought a gym would be a great idea because then I can have trainers and I can train the trainers. And I had this idealistic vision that everybody I hired would be exactly like me. So it's just cloning PJ. And then now I've got a bunch of PJs doing what I'm doing. And reality is, oh gosh, no, that's not the case. <laughs> and so now I've got employees and trainers and, you know, a lot of them are awesome and which I think are great. But every time that you, you as a business owner, people need to realize that once they start hiring and they get employees, they're also hiring a very different person. If they're not hiring themselves, they're hiring an individual. And that individual comes with their own stuff and their own drama and the good and the bad. And now you've got employees that they get sick and they need days off. And emergencies come up. They get in a wreck on the way to work. And, and there's all this stuff that happens and they, 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 they don't work the way you do. They're not a clone. And so there's that to deal with. And so there's that whole pie now 
that you're dealing with. So there's, that's basically the bottom line is any entrepreneur that has the entrepreneur attitude is going to have, is going to see life through their, their rose colored glasses. They're probably going to be an optimist and they're probably going to have best case scenario as they look forward. And a lot of them are going to think, Oh, I'm just going to hire a whole bunch of myself and then I can scale myself. But a more realistic view is, you know, employees are great and growing is great. Uh, but you're hiring those people with their stuff and they're going to bring that in and you got to be a great people manager. And I'm not. So right now I have a good manager. Raj is amazing. And he is more, way more of a people person, extrovert than I am. So he's doing a lot better than I have done. And that's the other thing with scalability. I mean, the reason that I'm just two gyms and not more and not worldwide right now is because I'm just not the, the kind of people manager that can do that. So I think Raj is, and I think, you know, him and me together is going to, we're going to be able to take that to where it needs to go. But a lot of times entrepreneurs are getting in their own way and they need to find somebody who is strong in their weaknesses and maybe weak in, in the entrepreneur strengths. So then they complement each other. And then as they hire more people, they're not hiring people that are exactly like them. They're hiring people as opposite as possible. So the team complements each other. And then together, you're Superman, you're superpowers. But that's the, that's the thing to do is to surround yourself with people smarter than you in other areas. And then you compliment them, they compliment you, so then the team is amazing. And that's how to grow. I think that you bring up a really interesting point. And that was actually my next question, um, which was the, the, the Blind Entrepreneur podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They may not be able to see the obvious. They may be stuck in a particular place. So what are three pieces of advice? You gave one really good piece of advice and if you want to add on to that and add three more or if you want to do two more it's up to you to decide but I think yeah. that's fantastic advice for saying that you have to hire people who are different from you so then they can fit into your weaknesses which would inevitably grow into your strengths so if you could span yeah. on that please do yes and uh, another thing that I would recommend is that people appoint an advisory board so maybe that's their board of directors, or maybe it's just an advisory board where they ask people, hey, you know, I would love your advice. I respect you in your industry and for this, these reasons, and then make that board very diverse. So you've got people with different philosophies. You've got conservatives on there. You've got liberals on there. You've got um, young, old women, men as diverse as possible with lots of different talents and lots of different opinions. And, but until somebody can take the time to appoint a board like that, make an imaginary one. So go back in time and, and come up with political figures or famous people that you respect who are really smart. So in my imaginary board, Abraham Lincoln's on there, Benjamin Franklin's on there. And Steve Jobs is on there, Bill Gates is on there, Warren Buffett's on there. And so there's a lot of really smart people who I've studied, and it helps if you've read the bibliography of those people to, to, to learn what they would say. 
But then in, you have imaginary board meetings and you sit down and you, you pitch your ideas and you imagine what they would say to those ideas. And then when you get your real board established, then of course you're doing it live and it's, it's amazing. And the, the, the other great thing about the board is, and, and, and my imaginary board is really valuable too, because it helps me get perspective. And the chairman of my board is Jesus. And he's, in my opinion, the smartest person to ever walk the planet. And he comes up with some great stuff that it gets me out of my own head. And so I'm thinking, you know, what would this person say this, in the go around the board? And I come up with some pretty brilliant things, not because of it's what I came up with, but it's because what I imagined they would come up with because I'm, I'm taking myself out of my shoes and putting myself in their shoes which is an amazing brain exercise too. It's actually a form of meditation. So it's really good for the brain and physical board and imaginary board together come up with some great ideas and ideas are awesome by themselves, but implementation is key. And that's where you need the team. You need the people who are strong in your weaknesses to help implement those ideas because that's another problem entrepreneurs have, while we have the gift of great ideas, we oftentimes don't have the gift of implementation. But hiring people that do have that gift makes those things happen and keeps you on track. And keeping on, staying on track is really important because as you get this team together and these boards together, you can do amazing things. And life, your life changes. And if you're not careful, Everybody coming back to you, telling you what a genius you are all the time, can go to your head, and that's where things crash and burn. And so another valuable aspect and thing that that board brings to the table is keeps you on track and to keep you accountable. And when you appoint that physical board of real people, you tell them right off the bat, I need you guys to keep me accountable. I need you to see my blind spots. And when I start, if... And when most people usually do let things go to their head, um, when that happens, tell me and say, hey, back up. Here's what I see happening. You told me to tell you this. Now I'm telling you. I'm keeping you on track here by telling you this. And it keeps things in perspective. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, you know, PJ, we've, yes. we've talked about so many amazing things, and I, we really feel as if that we have a great insight into your mind and into the mind of you being an entrepreneur. So you, you successfully completed the podcast. So without right. further ado, please go right ahead and look right into the camera and tell everybody a little bit more about how they can follow you, how they can download some recipes, and be a part of your journey. Yeah, so a couple different blogs. Um, pjfit.com is my personal blog. One that I've been putting a little more energy into lately is beachandpeach.com. So my fiance Beverly and I are putting that website together where we're just, we just want to help people get healthier and fitter and happier. And so we're building that. That's a good resource. Uh, and that's spelled B-E-E-G-E and Peach, P-E-E-G-E, beachandpeach.com. And then xgym.com is my, is my gym. And uh, so there's a blog on there too. 
And then if you go to the top of the XGEM page and click the word recipes, that gets you to our external site, hardboutcafe.com. And then there's the social media. There's the YouTube channel, XGYM. Um, there's the, the other social media, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, PJ Glassy Facebook, uh, XGEM Facebook, you know, all those things um, to look into as well. And they're all going to be in the show notes so people can download, click, read, watch, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, to those of you who are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope that after listening to the wisdom of PJ, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a great rest of your day. Right on. Thanks. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.